Hi everyone, welcome to episode 6 of season 2. After discussing about creating a business plan, today I'll be focusing on the financial and legal aspects that a business should consider when starting up their own micro-business with my own business idea, which is the foldable tailor for those living in small apartments. And as I always say, let's get started. So firstly, we'll be looking at the legal aspects um, to consider uh, for business. So firstly, my business will be a private limited company. This is when all debts are limited to only a company's belongings and capital invested by them. I chose this legal form as it has much less risks compared to unlimited liability. An example of this is how an unlimited liability, if the company is in debt, they would have to go to the extent to use their personal money in paying off the debt. This wouldn't happen. Then we have consumer protection legislation. So consumer protection legislation helps to protect customers from unfair selling practices of a product or a service. There are certain laws that help keep this in place, which would be applicable to my product uh, in making sure that there are no sharp edges on the table. Other laws would be banning unfair selling practices such as having sales staff cheat when advertising to customers, or for example, referral selling or pyramid schemes. To avoid this, employee training and strict rules and regulations will be set. The products will also be double-checked each time and tested to make sure that it is appropriate, safe, and functional for consumers. Then the next legal aspect is employment legislation. This refers to laws that outlines the relationships between employers and employees and shows each one's duties. For example, training employees' right or behavior is allowed and not allowed in the workplace. Contracts and terms and conditions will be placed to determine each and everyone's responsibilities in the workforce. For example, no discrimination on gender or different races, or the minimum wage to be paid, and etc. And as well as regulations to be set, such as the workplace culture, uniform, and work timings or flexibility. Although it can seem quite general, this helps to enforce a professional environment. Then we have health and safety legislation. This legal aspect looks at protecting the safety of the staff at work and states the duties of employers, ensuring both health and welfare of all employees. For this aspect, the company would ensure that all employees are in good health, allowing them to take sick leaves when necessary and provide fringe benefits such as health insurance, which ensures that staff are taking their annual checkups at the doctors or dentists. Not only does it make sure that they are in good condition to work, but it also aids in motivating the employees in staying loyal to the company and working more efficiently. I would say this is especially important because manufacturing the product at times can be dangerous, and dealing with machinery can cause injuries or, or harm at times. Then we have data protection legislation. This is when laws are implemented on the protection of data and information, along with the privacy of users. To follow these rules, the company will make sure that the users of the product information and privacy will be kept and not used for unethical purposes. Since the table doesn't include technology itself, the only way would be through online payments and accounts. The company should and will not share personal information from the accounts created by the users, such as credit card info and etc. Then lastly, we have environmental protection legislation. This is any laws that aid in protecting the environment and improving life quality, as well as reducing pollution and restricting or banning the operation of industrial facilities. To follow this, since many people are more environmentally aware and governments are implementing more green legislation, it only makes sense for my micro-business to start on it too. For this, the table would be made of sustainable or recycled materials, such as recyclable lightwood. Another effective method is by reducing the size of packaging. This is due to the fact that the table is foldable and can therefore fold into a small-sized briefcase. 
therefore reducing the amount of waste and energy used in the process. So then you would have to look at the financial aspects. So first I'll be looking at the pricing strategy. So the pricing strategy used will be value-based pricing. This is when the price is determined rather by the quality of the product than the production cost, which tells the customers that the price they pay for matches the quality. And in this case, the message is that our table is of very good quality and therefore is more expensive. Generally, when I buy a product at least, I'm able to justify a high price due to a good brand or quality. By making it a little luxurious, it gives a more special and unique effect on the table pushing customers to buy my product rather than a cheaper one for a less quality product. Then we have the predicted sales forecast. So uh, to be able to calculate this, I multiplied the price of the product, which is a table, um, with the expected quantity sold, uh, which will then give you your predicted revenue. So how? Um, I'll give you an example. So for my price, I obviously kept it the same, which would be 260 dirhams. And um, it would obviously be higher than the average uh, cost of a normal function function table um, due to its multi-functions and its uh, transportable and foldable um, benefit and aspect. Then I would multiply it with my quantity, expected quantity sold, which um, varied from 50 to 450 um over the course of nine months so um at each month i added 50 more tables to be sold and um the reason why i started pretty low was because since it's not a really a daily product that is bought like almost every day then the the quantity sold wouldn't be as high and especially because um it's a micro business that i'm starting so um the brand image wouldn't be as well known um, so then once I multiplied it, I would get my values. So for example, in the first month in January, uh, I would multiply 260 by 50, and that would give me 13,000. And so I keep going on for each um, month. And by the end of September, I got 117,000 as my predicted sales revenue. And as we continue on this podcast, I will be um, talking about my results and findings. Um, then we have the uh, predicted costs. So there are three types of predicted costs. So the first one is setup costs. These are basically um, any costs that um, the company has to begin with or before even really setting up a company. These are the uh, basic costs that you need to get um, to pay um, to, to start with. So first of all, we would have a website and um, um, having an app, which um, after researching, I saw that it was uh, 2,000 germs on average. So this would be my first cost. Then we have machinery, obviously, because um, without machinery, I wouldn't be able to manufacture my product. And since this is my product, my table isn't being outsourced and is being manufactured inside the, the company, then obviously I would need machinery as a base. And then, uh, which is 3,400. And then we have furniture costs, which is 1,200. And I thought this would be pretty necessary because this is basically where uh, employees work and without having a desk or a chair, they wouldn't be able to work uh, anywhere and have anything to work with efficiently. So um, in total, this would be 6,600 dirhams. Then we have the fixed costs. 
So these are costs that do not change. They don't increase or decrease depending on anything. They always stay the same no matter what. So this would be salary. Um, of course, uh, it would change later on, but for this year, it wouldn't change, obviously, because um, the company wouldn't have enough profit or revenue at the start to already promote people and employees yet. So that would be 12000 And the way I calculated this was, um, since it's a micro-business, there will only be around four employees in the company. And I decided to give 3000 per month for each employee. So um, 3000 times four then would be 12000 Then we have a rent of the shop. So um, looking at the average rent, that would be 188000 And if I divide by that by 12, I get 16000 So this would be um, the rent per month. Then we'd have um, electricity bills from Diva. Obviously, this is very important because without that, then the company wouldn't be able to function without lights and all. Then, um, so that would be 1,500 dirhams. And so in total, this would be 29,500. Then we have a uh, variable costs, lastly. Um, this is basically any uh, costs. <laughs> Uh, this is opposite of fixed cost actually so they change depending on the quantity sold of the products so um, a great example of this is the materials um, obviously as the quantity increases of um, of the product being sold then the materials needed would increase so for example starting off um, the material cost in january would be 837 dirhams and then um, it would double in February, um, which would be 1,670 dirhams, and then so on. It keeps on keeps on increasing as um, each month 50 more uh, tables are being manufactured or sold. Then we have the marketing methods. So I decided this would be a variable cost because each time you expand in every month, then you would obviously need more and more um promotional methods to be able to advertise and reach out to your audience. So for example, um, in the beginning of the year, you might start with only one or two billboards, but throughout the end of the year, you would uh, pay more to advertise more of the products. So include more billboards on the roads and the streets and use more social media platforms to spread the word out of the table. And so my cost for that would be 1200 in general then we have delivery costs so that would obviously uh, the cost would depend on how many products are being delivered at the same time so this would be around 10 to 15 dirhams and obviously because this is quite could be heavy furniture at times then um, delivery would be a smart method to uh, give the products to the customers and uh, for example if someone wanted to have um, around they were if they were buying in bulk and needed 10 tables at the same time they would obviously need it to be delivered and obviously um the cost would be much more expensive because you're delivering around 10 to 15 tables at once and so obviously yeah so again this depends on the quantity of tables being sold and um yeah so in total this would be around um 
two, 2015-ish dirhams. Yeah. Then we have the break-even forecast. So um, just a heads up, uh, before you find this confusing or anything like that, um, I have given the appendices um, so you can see the uh, break-even forecast that I've done. And obviously, um, I haven't put in my calculation, so I'll just be explaining how I did this. Um, so before I get into it, uh, the break-even forecast basically just um, tells you at which point from your output and which from point from your revenue, um, it breaks even, so it becomes the same. So obviously, uh, before it breaks even, this would be um, where you're losing money and where it's really risky and then after it breaks even this is where you're gaining all your profit and um so this is basically the good part um so to be able to calculate all that first of all uh you would need to look at your variable cost per unit um so this would basically be and uh your production cost for each product that you're making. So for me, this would be 51 dirhams, and then you would times it by the quantity sold. So um, as I mentioned before, uh, for each month, I would increase it by 50. And so um, I'm just gonna give you an example for January. So uh, I do 51 times 50. So the variable cost per unit times the quantity sold which then gives me my variable cost, which is then 2,550. Then you take the fixed cost that you had, which for me would uh, was 29,500, as stated and mentioned previously. Then you take your um, total cost, which would be the variable cost added with the fixed cost. And in this case for me was 32, and fifty. So right right now you have three columns. So the quantity sold, the variable cost, uh, the fixed cost. Sorry, the okay you have three columns: the quantity sold, the fixed cost, and the total cost. Then the last column that you would put would be the predicted sales revenue. So again, this comes from the price multiplied by the quantity sold. Um, so as I got all these four columns, I put them on the Excel file, uh, Excel sheet, and then I created my break-even forecast. And so what this told me, so my break-even point was then um, at the revenue of 4,000, and the output sales would then be around 150. And so I think what uh, this tells me from my um, my graph was that um, with all the costs and income, I was actually generating a lot of profit because my break-even point came from really early at a really early stage, and um, all the money that I'm losing was ranging from the quantity sold of fifty to one hundred fifty. And from 150 to 450, um, I was just gaining all profits. And the um, 
the total cost was less than the predicted sales revenue. So I think this just really told me that the calculations that I've done and um, the costs that I was considering for my product was well analyzed and well done. So this really tells me that I can, um, throughout the next few months and years when uh, profits go steady and sales go steady, then I could actually focus on promoting the product more because of my brand image. Obviously, it isn't um, as great as big companies such as IKEA. And then by using more promotional methods and by um, being able to hire more staff and expand more, I would be able to obviously gain more revenue and more sales. And um, I also increase a consumer, uh, a customer loyalty. Then we have my cash flow forecast. So this took me quite a while, but first I had to look at my income, which was then my sales revenue, um, which was already discussed previously in the podcast. So I just added that onto my Excel sheet. Then we will look at the outgoing. So this is basically all my costs and everything that's getting out of the business, any money that's going out of the business. So this would be material costs, electricity and gas, uh, staff wages, the shop rent per month, marketing promotional method costs, and machinery tools. Then I'd have to add the total of that, and then um, I'd minus this. Um, so I'd minus my income from my outgoing, and then I get my net cash flow. And then that would um, determine my opening bank balance for the next month, and then also my closing bank balance. And um, basically, this just helps me determine if I'm being on track or not um, with my uh, revenue and if um, I'm making enough profit for my company and whether I could spend more on certain aspects or if I cannot. So I'll give you a first example for January. So um, first of all, my predicted sales for January for my income would be 13000 then I'd be looking at my outgoing. So for material costs, it would be 837. For electricity, it would be 1,000. For staff wages, it would be 12,000. Shop rent would be 16,000. Uh, promotion methods would be 1,200. Machinery would be 3,400. And so if I add that all up, I would get 34,437. And so if I minus um, the uh, money, uh, that's getting out of the business from the income, I would get negative 21,437. So basically, this is what I'm in debt for. And obviously, at the start, you would lose money because you don't start off with any and you still need to pay off a lot of um, bills and debts. So then um, that would be my net cash flow, which was negative uh, yeah, 21,437. And then my opening bank balance would be zero because I don't start from any, and this is the start of the year, which is January. Then my closing bank balance would basically be my net cash flow, which is again negative uh, twenty one thousand. And then for the next month, whatever is my closing bank balance would then be my opening bank balance. So uh, for February, my opening bank balance would be negative twenty one thousand. Um, yeah, so hopefully that makes sense for you guys. And um, uh, you can also reference this in my appendices just to so you know th uh, what I'm talking about. 
Oh, and also before I go through anything else, um, just to say again, a cash flow forecast is basically involves estimating your future sales and expenses, um, for the year or how however many months, um, you're calculating for. Um, then next we have the income statement. So this is the last aspect I'll be talking about for financial. Um, so the income statement basically shows a company's expense incomes gains and losses for a specific time period or trading period. So for me, I did it, uh, my time period was over nine months, um, same for the cash flow forecast and the break-even forecast. Then, um, first of all, we looked at the sales revenue. So my sales revenue is basically the total of all my sales revenue from January to September, which added up to 585000 then we would have the cost of goods sold, which was um, basically all my total costs, including variable costs, setup costs, and fixed costs, um, all of them together. And so this would be 449450 And so then uh, to get my gross profit, which comes next, I would minus... Uh, the cost of goods sold from the sales revenue, which would give me 135550 Then um, uh, I have my uh, dividends to shareholders, which was 750 uh, I decided to keep this um, a little low because obviously my company doesn't have much revenue in the beginning. And um, at the start, the dividends would be pretty low because they don't have much um, shares of the company and then the profit of the year which would basically be um, 134,800 so basically this is how much um, revenue or profit I'm getting from all the expenses and revenues minus out together and this basically just kind of tells me um, again keeping me on track and telling me what I'm doing so far and um how much it's appropriate to spend money spend more money on certain uh aspects or departments thank you guys so much for listening i hope you found this episode not too confusing and um, a little informative and i guess just gives you an idea on how to um kind of create a break-even forecast or cash flow forecast and use it for your own assignment, or even if you want to start your own business and try to create a business plan and um, calculate the financial and legal aspects for it. Thank you.